What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode one four one. Be pimp. What's up with you? Doing great. One forty one is Dirk Nowitzki. Oh, that's right. Not as awesome as Sean Kemp, but still pretty good. Still pretty good. Definitely deserves his own number. I think he doesn't get overtaken like the thirty nine and thirty eight. No, that's true. Why? Uh, and I didn't even introduce myself. I realized Amen's here, but why? Why does thirty eight and thirty nine not have good players for their number? I have I have no idea why. There must be some like you know. There just must be something in the common consciousness of humans that play basketball. They're like, I don't want that number. Yeah, it is strange. Uh, well, welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. We are continuing a bit of a uh, uh, a bit of a theme that we've covered in the last two episodes. So, if you've you've listened to episode one thirty nine and one forty, you would know that our last two episodes were about our best, our favorite play by play announcers, and then our favorite color commentators. Now we're looking at the other side of that coin. We are talking about the worst. And I hate to do it. It was tough to put this list together, but it had to be done. It had to be done. We, talk, we mentioned it in the first episode we did about this, and it was just too good to pass up. Yeah, definitely, definitely true. Uh, all right, so we've got a whiskey to get to before we get to that. But before we even get to that, B-Pimp, I've been told you got to take the listeners to school. A beer we, school, if you will. Uh, yeah, a Rodney Dangerfield-style beer school. Um, <laughs> He basically, we talked about it before uh, Lisa and I went, my lovely wife Lisa and I went to a Pollyanna Brewing sponsored beer school by Jason, who's one of the bartenders there. And the first time I believe it was focused on a style, which was like German style beer. And this one was the history of beer in Chicago. Ooh. It was very interesting. It was like a combo history lesson slash like beer tasting kind of thing. Did you have any any takeaways that like kind of blew your mind or was were just generally surprising? The number one of those was that beer is responsible for the creation of the first standing police force in Chicago. There was a, a riot over beer oh. that caused the city of Chicago to actually make their police force. That's crazy. When would yep. that even have been? It was in the 1800s. It was like Germans got, for some reason, Germans got uh, pit, like picked on specifically and were told, like, you can't sell it on these days. It was, like, very clearly just anti-German laws. Mm-hmm. So they finally rioted. And then I guess, like, the funny part was he said before they created the police force, the guy's idea was, like, they were on a bridge that could turn. <laughs> they let them all on this bridge, and they just turned it so they couldn't get off the bridge. Oh, <laughs> and that didn't work, so then they had to bring in a police force. Huh. Well, that's, uh, if that is the reason that you start a police force, then, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And we got to try like Miller Lite and PBR and some of the beers from the Midwest that you don't know. Like he did it blind, so we didn't know what we were drinking and like to try to figure out. Yeah. You did you have a favorite that maybe you'd be like ashamed to say was your favorite, but you're like, well, if that's my favorite, that's what it is. I mean, PBR isn't bad, honestly. Yeah. PBR. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had a PBR in a while. I haven't had a Hams in a really long time. Oh, hams, the land of sky blue waters. Yes. Uh, I am due for, I, I feel like the, 
The cheaper beers I get now are... I get Tecate quite a bit. I think that's my go-to cheapish beer. Do you ever get Tecate Light? Uh, no. I don't even see that one that much. That's just in the commercial, and I love it. Oh, by the way, Jason did a shout-out to Rainier Beer during his class. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Rainier is good. Um, And I think, you know, for, like, Seattle-area beers, like, that's kind of the most known one, even though I don't think it's actually even brewed in Seattle anymore. I think it's brewed in California, but... Oh, okay. uh, you can't forget about good old Olympia if you're going to be talking about Northwest beers. Mm-hmm. That's a classic to me. Yeah. I remember we did a podcast on our top five cheap beers. And I, I feel like we're due to bring it back. And maybe even do it live. Ooh, I like that. What if we could get five cheap beers and then somehow do the taste test blind on the pod. How fun was to see, Yeah, to see like who could pick out the, the most between us, maybe? Or? Well, I don't even know what the point of it would be, really. But like, like if we just got some standard five, like, uh, standard five cheap beers that we can both pretty easily purchase, and then we drank them and ranked them, and then revealed what they were. I like that, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think we could do that. We we just have to come up with a list of the ones that we know we can both get, and then we can pick five from that. Yeah, that shouldn't be too hard. What I what I'm nervous about is that it will turn out I like Coors, and I'm just so set in my brain that I hate Coors that I don't think I could take it if it actually turned out that I liked it. I love Coors, the original Coors, the banquet beer. That is good stuff. Uh, so that that's what makes me nervous. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we can't put Yingling. If we put Yingling in that list, I'll pick it out immediately and we'll wreck it last. <laughs> <laughs> it's an anti-Yingling podcast, but, apparently. Yeah. I don't even know if I could easily find that one anyway, but it's gross. Yeah. Uh, all right. You've got a whiskey. What are you I, sharing with the listeners? I'm getting... The second of three from the Power Squirt sample pack that, again, my lovely wife, Lisa, procured for me from the Emerald Isle. Very so nice. It's always it exciting was, to get something directly from the source. That's right. And she did a great job picking these out. And the first one I had, listeners, the astute listener may recall that I um, really liked it and actually went back and finished that first bottle recently i left a little sample for myself but so that was a blend now the two that i have left are a 10 year old let's see i've got a 10 year old single grain and a 14 year old single malt so i believe i'm going to go to the 10 year old single grain and leave the single malt for last okay so this 10-year-old single grain is a 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof. Um, it says this fine 10-year-old Irish whiskey has been matured exclusively in American white oak, distilled and matured by award-winning master distiller Noel Sweetie. The precious liquid has been laid to rest for many years before being recast into carefully selected bourbon barrels. Oh, okay. 
so I love their storytelling and so far the first whiskey was really good. Can't wait to try these. I'm gonna take this little little sample bottle here. It's a it's a very light color, you might see. Incredibly light. I, I'm yep. interested to see how it how it tastes. It does say similar notes to the previous one I had. Um, it's got tasting notes and stuff on the bottle here, so or on the box. Um, it's a sweet vanilla, citrus peel, honey, spice, buttered almonds, candy, orange, and oak. It's supposed to taste smooth, sweet, crisp grain with complex combinations of oak, fruit, and sweetness. And it should have a silky to start with a long-lasting sweet vanilla oak finish. So lots of sweet vanilla, citrus, orange, a lot of things I like about whiskey that they're talking about here. Going in a little silky. I mean, I hate to say, I, I feel like you would be the judge of that, but that's, that's bold to put in that. They're, hey, they, you know, from what they gave me on that first one, I think they've earned the right to be a little bold. Um, Let's see it in the glass. It looks, see, I was wondering too, because the bottle is so thin that I would think, and listeners can correct me if I don't understand the way colors work, <laughs> but I would think in a bottle, it would actually, because it's so thin, would appear lighter than it would in any other if it were a thicker bottle or in a glass. And I'm, I think that's true. Looking at it in your glass, it looks a little darker in your glass. Am I wrong? It does. No, it does. It looks a little bit darker, a little bit closer to maybe what I traditionally would see in a, in a common Irish whiskey that you might have around here. Mm -hmm. Ooh, the smell is just beautiful right off the bat. Is it a silky smell? It is. It's got, I definitely get the citrus. I definitely get like a, it's almost like a, like a clove or it, there's just like a really nice sweet and there's like a counterbalance to the sweet sweetness of the smell it's just very nice all right let's see i'm gonna do a sip here and see what we think yeah like how you're drinking it neat give some time to really see the purity of it oh man that's gonna be a first sip Smooth tree. Wow. All right. Glad That's just that. so good. Why? Why is it a first sipper? Um, the smell, the, the taste of it just immediately built on what I was smelling that I liked so much right away. So that, that kind of tease of the little citrus notes and like the sweetness you could smell. As soon as I tasted it, I kind of let it sit for a little bit. And then when you, when you drink it, it's extremely smooth absolutely no like discomfort in the finish it's, it finishes smooth just like it starts but then it all it almost just has like this coating sensation mm. um and it's very warm um just really good really really good um i looked it up because i liked the first one so much and i knew i was going to want more of this you can buy it to get shipped so i might be shelling out a little change to get a full bottle of one of these in the near future. Oh, that would be nice. Give the listeners the full name again, just so they know where to buy it too. But oh, absolutely. For Cullen, it's for Cullen, F-E-R-C-U-L-L-E-N. Um, it's, that's the name of their whiskeys and it's by the Powers Court Distillery. We'll put it in the description too. Yeah. With a link. That's, uh, you know, it takes a lot to get a, a single step smooth train, especially one is so definitively obviously on the smooth train is this one so yeah and that's go, go get it 
Oh, absolutely. Go get it. And that's, as you heard in the first, if you listen to the first episode, I was immediately liked that one. I think I took two sips and I knew that these were even going to get better. So that was number two out of three. And the third one is the nicest of the three. So who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to give it a preemptive psychic smooth train. Do you think you could ever give, put something on the smooth train just based on its smell? I don't know. If that's I, too ridiculous. I mean, honestly, if I could have, I would have just done it because that's how good that one smells. But yeah, I don't think I could bring myself to that yet. But if I had just like the perfect smelling whiskey, I would think about it. This is just this has taught me that there's a lot to Irish whiskey that I didn't know. So I need to explore that world a little bit more. Yeah, I didn't even mention it, but I. Uh, you know, I had COVID a couple of months ago. And finally, what happened is I started getting these, like, long COVID symptoms. And what tipped me off to it being COVID and not just, like, something else was that everything started tasting bitter and metallic. Oh, no. And so I wonder if I accidentally... I'm going to have to go back and look at the episodes. If I accidentally said something tasted metallic when maybe in fact it was just everything tasted metallic to me. <laughs> We're going to get sued by a whiskey. <laughs> I'm nervous about it. I might have to go back and see if I put something like on the boot because of that or I gave it a boot because of that. If, uh, if COVID hasn't done enough damage, now it's inflicting the Whiskey Sessions podcast with problems. You hate to think of. Uh, but what I will know is that if I smell a whiskey that is, smells so good that I want to put it on the smooth train, I think I might go ahead and do that. And I'm glad to hear that this one just about hit that. I like, I am considering now ordering this whiskey. Oh, it's so good. Uh, all right. We got to get to the worst announcers, our least favorite announcers. So I, I mentioned on the previous two episodes, we did the best play-by-play -play announcers. We did the best color commentators. For this list, for the worst, we just combined the two. Uh, frankly, because I don't think I actually could come up with five play-by-play -play announcers that I hate. No. That's kind of hard to do. Uh, I could come up with a couple, but definitely not five. Yeah. Uh, so, what, before we jump into the list, what, when you're listening to somebody, you're just like, ugh, what is like one, one trait that really turns you off? I think it's usually... There's a, it's hard to describe it. The word that comes to mind to me is like smarminess. Yeah. I really don't want a smarmy announcer. I don't want somebody who's like, where all their jokes are kind of like negative or all their, like they're very, if, even if they're just negative in general, it just turns me off. I want like, I, there's all different styles and things like that. But like, that is something that pretty quickly I'm going to turn. My opinion will turn negative. If somebody's just like, like, comes off that way right off the bat. I agree. I definitely look out for like negativity in my broadcasters and a couple of my high ones definitely have that for some reason as part yeah. of what they do. Relentlessly negative. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into it. These are our least favorite. Uh, I couldn't even call them top five. What do you would say? Bottom five announcers? This is the... The low five. The low five. <laughs> Least favorite announcers in sports. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. Uh, okay. Who is your number five, Become? My number five is one that gives me a little bit of tr 
trouble to include him because in in recent years I've lessened my take. There's a time where he may have been number one on this list for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put him at five. Joe Buck. I just okay. don't like him. I don't know why. There's something about him that I don't like. I never have. When he did the World Series, it seems like he now he's he went to ESPN to like partially get away from having to do baseball. So maybe he just doesn't like it. And that could explain some of it, but I just always was like, oh man, Joe Buck is announcing this. Like, really? That's always my reaction. I could not agree with you more. And I think in part, I actually, weirdly, he sh- given his lineage, you would think he would want to do baseball more and would be better at baseball. Yeah. His voice is more suited to football. Yeah, he's not, he's actually not terrible at announcing football games. Oh, yeah. Agree with that. But I agree with you. For baseball, his style of of announcing is jarring. It is. It's too loud. It's it's too loud. Is that a weird thing to say? I feel like an old man or something. It's just like yo, this Joe Buck. These kids these days yelling at me when you're baseball. It's like disingenuous. Like yes, it's, it's he he is like actually trying to broadcast his voice. Like you got a microphone, dude. Relax. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'll t- talk about him. Well, I kind of mentioned everything I want to mention about him already, probably. Oh, we can find more to say about Joe Buck, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. All right, my number five is, uh, you're probably not going to know this person, but Wally Walker. Uh, he was the color commentator for the Sonics in mostly the early, early to mid-90s before Marcus Johnson who was on my tops list took over. So the difference night and day. Uh, he also, after he was a commentator for the Sonics, he actually became their uh, GM or president of basketball operations. One of those two, whatever title they went with. And was not particularly good at that either. But just a really milk toast voice. And I mean, Kevin Calabro could prop anybody up, but Wally Walker, way. No thanks. Can you do an impression? Because I haven't heard him. <laughs> I, I mean, he. I. I doubt he's even had a role in broadcasting a game since then. So we're talking about like twenty-five years. He probably hasn't broadcast again. Okay. Uh, here, here's his voice to me. Yes, that that was a strong rebound. <laughs> but with kind of a, not, with a little more. Uh. It's not like a southern accent. It's more just like a folksy, a slight more folksy, but still milk toast. Like, yeah, that was one strong rebound. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, damn, that was a one strong rebound. Just Golly like, gee, I didn't oh, say a rebound gee. like that. Uh, yeah, nailed it. Okay, good. That's what Wally, it even sounds like his voice should sound like that. Wally Walker, what kind of name is that? My name's Wally Walker. I'm from (laughs) Wally Walker. Uh, All right. Who's your number four? My number four is Mark Schlereth. Oh, another NFL announcer who I don't like. He just, he turns me off more than any other. He's like a, a former offensive lineman who was very good. I think it was on the Broncos team that won the Super Bowl, maybe in the nineties, one of those teams. Okay. Um, and he just like, he just seems like a person I would hate. Like if I met him in person, he seems like a guy who's like talking about his frat a lot still. And just like, 
really into a lot of like dude stuff and I would just be like, get away from me. That's how he announces a football game. I'm just like, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with this. And then he tries to get into some of the strategy, but you can tell he doesn't really know much about it. So whenever he tries to break anything down, it's just like very banal and like not interesting. So I, anytime he's another one, he works with Adam Amin now when Adam Amin does NFL games. And I feel like he gets a, Adam Amin struggles with him because it's just like, it's a lot to try to prop him up. I think it's funny when like relationship issues between the play-by-play and the color commentator are just like palpable. Yeah. Uh, somebody who will be later on my list, but like Hawk and Steve Stone to me. Oh God. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, all right. My number four is Reggie Miller. And maybe a few years from now, I'm willing to say that maybe a few years from now, he won't be on my list anymore because it's, Maybe I'm getting used to his voice slowly, but I still find his voice to be quite grating. When he gets more excited about something, it's even worse. And yeah, I'm just not there with him yet. I, I don't think like what he talks about is it's not particularly insightful. It's not particularly dumb either. Uh, right. Mainly, I find his actual just speaking voice grating. Yeah, he uh, he. I, kind of shockingly, he didn't really end up on my list because I don't. I, I've pointed out before. I think actually we were talking about him maybe when we thought about doing the worst announcers, but I just, yeah, I agree with you. He's just not. He's not bringing anything to that. If it wasn't with Kevin Arlen, I think I would be. It would be almost unwatchable. Like if he didn't have such a good play-by-play guy. Yeah. All right. Who's your number three? My number three is an announcer who was so bad that a whole website was created devoted to getting him fired. And that is Ooh. Joe Morgan. Wow. The old baseball Sunday night baseball color commentator. Yeah. I had Joe Morgan on my list because the thing is, I like Joe Morgan's voice a lot. Oh yeah. Me and too. Does he make a lot of mistakes? I like his voice and I love him. His playing career. He was great. He was on the big red machine. He was a hall of fame second baseman. Unbelievable. I think he's nice. He seems like a nice guy. I've never heard anything bad about him. He's just his, his, everything he talks about with baseball was like the opposite of what, like, I don't know. He was just so old school to such a degree that like it wasn't (laughs) compatible. He would just talk about things. I, I feel like anytime he wanted to make a comment about a player, he would just go, well, you know, he hasn't really been that consistent. And it's like, okay, <laughs> anyone that's not playing well. It's like, believe it or not, he hit 0 for 4 one game and 2 for 4 the next game. Where's yeah. the consistency? <laughs> we need somebody who's getting every hit and every hit bat. I think it actually speaks well to John Miller, too, because he worked with him so much for those ESPN games. Like, they kind of work together, even though. Yeah, they did. It didn't seem like they should necessarily. No, that's just because John Miller's a pro. Yeah. Uh, no, great call out for number three. Uh, my number three is your number five, Joe Buck. And I think I probably said enough about this already, but mainly I watch baseball more than football, and he is way too intense and loud of a baseball announcer. Yeah. And like the height of me hating to like really wanting to put the baseball broadcast on mute. And I'll talk about the person that he worked with later in my list as well. 
was just yeah, just like tough to listen to. Yeah, and the good news is with him leaving Fox, Joe Davis is taking over, and he's much much better. So that hopefully will be an improvement. I feel like I just have the just the image of him calling the game, and then like I don't know, did they do the weird Fox robot for baseball too? I think they yes. Cle- no, well, his name is Cletus, but is that you can wear cleats in both sports? So, but yeah, and like the intense Fox music, like just everything about the Fox broadcast was incorrect for baseball. Yeah, they have uh, they have the same thing that like twenty four hour news channels have, which is like that every anytime a graphic on the screen changes, there's like a clang or an explosion noise, and it's just like beating you over the head. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, okay, who's your number two? My number two is somebody who didn't really announce sports that long, but he was so bad at it that I felt like he could be number two, and that's Ooh. Dennis Miller. I was so close to putting Dennis Miller <laughs> on my list. He was so bad, but I couldn't it was really, terrible. I didn't really watch him that much, but so bad. He was so bad. He was a Monday Night Football announcer, and I don't know whose idea that was. I don't know what happened. I don't know why. It's just so bad. If you watch anything, he was trying to do like his weekend update shit as a color commentator for football. It's yeah. not, it doesn't work. No, it did not work. I, who, how many seasons did he get to do? Just one or a couple? It was a couple. And I think it was like Tony Kornheiser was with him too for a while. It was just oh, weird. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Glad that didn't last too long. I honestly, if I had watched that a little bit more, he would have unquestionably been in my top five, but I couldn't get him out of the honorable mentions because I was just like, I remember this being awful, but I don't remember much of it. Yeah. I remember I sat through a sad amount of that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. My number two is Hawk Harrelson and double dip. Whoa. All right. Well, I mean, We've talked about this ad nauseum, so I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but the fact that Jason Benetti is calling the games now it is really like night and day. Hawk, I don't even like his his the actual sound of his voice was middle of the road, okay. Hawk does clearly probably for his entire career wanted to do this solo. Yes. Not good enough to do it solo. And just had a palpable hate with everybody that he worked with, including Steve Stone, who is really good. Yeah, Steve Stone's great. So uh, for that reason, I was like happy to see Hawk go. He has like a weird like uh, negativity to him too. Yeah, unbelievable. That's what I was talking about. It's just that's why he's number one. With I started my list, but like usually I leave it blank and I research and I put him in. I just put him at one and work from there, and he never moved. Because it's just, he's so terrible. Yeah. He just, uh, he, he, he was negative and, and like he would throw hissy fits and be silent for multiple innings. This is not made up. You can go find evidence of this. <laughs> he would just stop talking and because some umpire made one bad call and he would act like it was a personal affront to him and just stop talking. You'd think he like had a medical emergency or something. And it would leave it to the, whoever the color commentator was to like try to keep it professional. God, it had to be a nightmare. So, I do recall. I mean, maybe those innings were better for the color commentator, but like suddenly, like two innings, no hawk. No hawk. Yep. Maybe like a huff every so often, like a loud <laughs> snort. 
because he's still pissed. Like, that's all you hear. Ridiculous. Uh, all right. Au revoir, Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, wait, where am I? That was your number one then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hawk is your number one. My number one, also baseball. And I had to put him on. It took me a second to remember him. And then once I did, I was like, I hate this person so much. And him combined with Joe Buck made for the worst announcing team of all time. But I'm giving it to Tim McCarver. Yeah, he was I really bad. Dumbest <laughs> aw shucks idiot takes I have ever heard. And I was, I, I, I don't know if he still does it. Hopefully not. No, he retired a while ago. Okay. Awful combo of Joe. Yeah. Just literally, that's like, that is true automatic mute material. I'd rather just like go find somebody that's never seen anything before and be like, can you talk about what you see on the screen? Like, I'd rather have that than the announcing that they're paying for. <laughs> I would rather have that one guy that was like an Indiana local, like access show who went like, then goes the dynamite or whatever. Boom. Yeah, and like, <laughs> miss like every call. Made it, made it calling highlights like really really hard and actually i'm sure it is if you come into the fly and you're like trying to read a teleprompter and see what the hell is happening on the screen i mean even in sports center sometimes they get like their timing gets way off yeah uh, but yeah i would rather have that guy or anybody coming off the street than the combination of joe buck and tim mccarthur it was uh, bad um did you have any honorable mentions you know what i really didn't um I felt like that list needed to be pure, so I just left it at five. Yeah, I didn't have too many myself, but the ones that I'm thinking about were uh, I mentioned latter-day Bill Walton on my good list for color commentators, early-day Bill Walton. And by early-day, I mean uh, like kind of mid-90s. Bill yeah, Walton. 90s NBA and NBC Bill Walton. Yeah, yeah, didn't care for that Bill Walton. Uh, I'm also gonna... I don't hate to do this, but Sometimes it made listening to the radio at Bulls games a little tough. I'm going to put Bill Wennington on my list as just... Um, yeah. And for yeah. the only reason that I wish somebody would give him the note, he does this rolling into commercial breaks mostly for whatever reason. He does this like weird gruff thing with his voice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He needs to just stop doing that. That's not what his yeah. voice is. And it's yeah, kind of weird to, and not funny. He's trying to be like edgy or something. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, otherwise, I think he would not belong on this list. Uh, but I always found that irritating. Uh, what the uh, Mariners guy, Rick Riz, uh, I would put. He's an honorable mention. I used to like him, but I actually find him like somewhat with an irritating voice now. Dennis Miller, of course, of course. Uh, Joe Morgan, and then kind of one of my least favorite basketball guys on the national stage right now is Spiro Davis whose voice is a little too rough for being a play-by-play uh, -play basketball announcer that's probably our biggest opposite I like Spiro Davis he's one of my favorites that's our biggest opposite point I think oh okay we'll have to do we should do a list of just like controversial things what is your oh this would be a good top five list just your top five most controversial ticks Oh, wow. Yeah. I could do that. I need some time to like think about that and put it together, but I think I have definitely five pretty spicy ones. Yeah, I can think of a few. Here's, here's my number one. 
that I'll leave it off the list, but this is just, just a take. I really like Prince generally, but most of his music is bad. <laughs> I agree with that one, actually. <laughs> I, have, I think Prince was a musical, like, like everything he was able to do musically is very impressive, but I don't want to listen to most of his music. Yeah. That's like what I would say. Like, I know he, people are always like, yeah, Prince was an amazing guitarist. I'm like, yeah, I bet he is. I just don't want to, I don't want to listen to it. He is a super amazing guitarist. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Anyway, that's a little preview for an preview. episode. Uh, it's going to be five spiciest takes sponsored by, uh, you know, some kind of hot sauce. Yeah. We can find this. Is there a spicy ruffle? Not really. Right. Oh, maybe sp- Buffalo wing, whatever. Isn't there one of those? We'll yeah. Uh, there's going to be like a Sriracha. Song. Yeah, I'm sure there is. All right. Uh, okay. Folks at home, if you've got worst commentators that we forgot about, go ahead and hit us up. Our Twitter feed is at Whiskey Sessions. Our email is whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. You can send us an email there. We'll read it on a future episode. But now we got to read the emails that we have for this episode. So let's get to it. These are your emails. Sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. Pep, what's in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, have you ever thought about widening your lens and trying out other types of liquor? I've been looking for a schnapps pod for what seems like years and haven't made much progress. Sincerely, schnappsless in Seattle. I like that. Schnapps pod. Uh, well, I haven't even had schnapps in 15 years. I don't think I would like it. I think if we did a podcast where we were drinking schnapps every episode, I mean, sometimes, depending on how boozy the whiskey is, we get a little rough by the end of the episode. We'd have a lot of weird <laughs> stuff going on in this podcast. Yeah. I actually feel by the end of this episode, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I have to put together a desk this afternoon. That is not. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Send me a picture of that desk, please. <laughs> By the end, I'm going to be like, you know, it came with like 25 extra nails that I didn't even need to use, especially when I had all this scotch tape. <laughs> it's going to be like a Picasso painting. <laughs> yeah, it'll be awful. <laughs> uh, we'll see how work goes tomorrow. Uh, okay. I've got an email from, it says, gentlemen, all this talk about play-by-play broadcasters and color commentators and not one mention of anyone from NASCAR. Think about how difficult of a job that is. They have to pretend like racing in a circle for what feels like 15 hours is exciting. Give them some cred. This is from Daryl in Gloucester County, New Jersey. That's why they, um, that could be a spicy take too. I feel like NASCAR is not a sport. Um, they, I don't even think that's spicy. I agree with you. Okay. Anyone that well, disagrees with us can stop listening. Well, they, you know that it's boring because they show like with great, in, like they try to pump up the fact that they're like changing the tires on the car. Good Lord. Yeah. It's so boring. Who cares? I drive every day and nobody's following me around. Yeah. It's uh, Except the cops because I drive like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this person's email though, because like they're right. I just, I couldn't even possibly name an NASCAR commentator. No. Oh, actually, no, I can. You know why? Because a former NBA all-star is a NASCAR commentator. Do you know who I'm talking about? Carl Malone? Brad Doherty. Really? He's a NASCAR commentator, yes. Wow, no, I did not know that. Of all the people that couldn't possibly fit in a NASCAR. 
he's an owner. I think he owns a company or something that races. It's weird. Yeah. Had Doherty. I remember he was briefly in a movie too. Maybe it was like Whoopi Goldberg's Eddie or maybe NASCAR the movie. Yeah, no, there's some NBA movie that he did have a role in where he was. Forget Paris. Oh, it was Billy Crystal's movie. Yeah. Forget Paris. And he was playing like a badass version of himself. Like anyone was ever nervous about Brad Doherty, the NBA player. I liked Brad Doherty, the NBA player, but he was not intimidating. Okay. I was nervous we were going to have a really spicy take there. Spicy Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty. player of all time. (laughs) Brad Doherty should have been on the bad boys Pistons team. (laughs) Uh, yeah, good call out. Forget Paris. I was not going to remember the name of that movie at all. That's a great movie. Everybody should watch that. Mm-hmm. I I think I watched that in theaters, which is crazy because I was probably 10 years old. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah. Uh, classic. Especially ejecting... Does he eject Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in his life? Yeah. It's probably yeah. three years after he retired. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, watch Forget Paris, uh, and also make sure you email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, uh, and we'll read your email on a future episode. But that is it for our Dirk Nowitzki episode. You, Pimp, you got any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, Billy Crystal's hysterical. He is. I don't disagree with you there. Is that a spicy take? I don't think so. No. He's just, he's, he's... He's clutch, except for City Slickers 2, which is unwatchable. Uh, I didn't even know it existed. Legends of, Legend of Curly's Gold. Skip it. Okay, done. Uh, until next time, this is Amat saying peace out. And me, Tim, saying bye, Billy Crystal. Bye, Billy. <laughs> <laughs>